Hey, it's Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Olm. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Thijo Cote of Airbase. Welcome, Thijo. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we talked, you reminded me, we talked a long time ago when you were first starting Airbase. And now we're going to record it. We're going to have you know the, the up-to-date conversation here. But I'm really excited to reconnect with you and talk to you. And maybe you can just start out by retracing your career a little bit and telling everyone how you had the idea to start Airbase. Yeah, so uh, you know the backstory is I've been in the U.S. for uh, coming up on eleven years now. I came here uh, first in late two thousand nine. I guess coming up more on like twelve years. I came here for grad school, and uh, the goal was to do something of my own, start my own company at some point, which happened soon after, much earlier than I expected. Uh, I started a company called Automatic, uh, you know, with my co-founder back in 2011. It was in a very different space. It was a connected car platform. We had a hardware device and we had a complicated business model of selling to consumers. And, uh, and then also in the second half of uh, the company, we also sold to enterprise uh, companies and large insurance companies. So anyway, fantastic journey. But coming into that company, I knew nothing about finance, nothing about accounting. I'm, a, I'm an engineer by training. I'm a product person. And, and uh, so came in not knowing the difference between cash and accrual accounting, right? But, yeah. but you know, Automatic was the kind of company where I was forced to learn a lot about that because we made hardware, building up inventory and all of that was a real part of the business. And it was super risky to, you know, not understand what was happening there. Yeah. And so, you know, building up inventory, cash flow management and all that kind of stuff, right? And so and as a venture funded company, I never wanted to sit in the board meeting and say, oops, I, we screwed up. I built up too much inventory. I need you to bridge me for six months or whatever it is. And so I made the effort to learn and I made the effort to figure out like, exactly what we were doing. And, and uh, that was great. And over time, we built up our finance uh, and accounting teams. And so that taught me a lot. But the long story short is that it was an incredibly frustrating experience because I felt like every other part of the company, you know, sales and marketing and engineering and, and product, they always got modern, really good tools. And it felt like the finance folks didn't. And, and uh, there were so many issues, especially around how we spent money as a business, how we managed the money that we spent. And that was especially frustrating. You know, I couldn't really do anything about it back then because I was building a totally different company. It went into my ideas notebook 
uh, that I maintain every time I see a problem, you know, as I'm building one business and, and felt like, oh, this might be something I should look into when I have the time. And it went into that notebook. And finally, in 2017, we sold the business to SiriusXM. That's when I started thinking about, hey, what am I going to do next? And yeah. this is one of those ideas that I kept coming back to, right? Because it felt like a very real problem. If you think about that basic challenge of how any business spends money, uh, how they manage it, how many systems are involved in how they spend money and the sheer pain of taking it all and, and closing your books at the end of the month, it's just uh, really painful, right? And I spent you know, about three months doing a lot of customers. I had a thesis about what was broken, how it could be fixed, how it could be made better. But, uh, you know, I spent about three months speaking with, I don't know, two or three dozen people. You were one among them. And, and thank you for, you know, uh, taking my call and, and sharing your thoughts with me about uh, what was uh, broken in that experience and, and all of that. And, and again, so after having all those conversations, I walked away with the conviction, learned a lot, like all of those conversations took my kind of understanding of the problem uh, to the next level. But, you know, I walked away with the conviction that, hey, I can spend maybe 10, 12 years of my life uh, doing this. And there is a big shift happening in terms of yeah. how companies actually manage the money that they spend. A very basic operation, like when you're building company, it's just a common thing that happens every day, right? You're spending money, but if you just look at how broken it is, I think it can be done a lot better. And that, that is happening. Airbase, we are doing uh, our bit to bring that whole part of business building uh, kind of to the next uh, stage. Yeah. Well, I love having those conversations with entrepreneurs like yourself because I actually like make a point of having those conversations because I'm kind of one of these people who's like, you never know what people are going to dream up and how it's going to make your life better. And so it's like a tiny little investment of my time, but folks like you who come up with like the next amazing financial tool that makes our life easier for all 400 clients is like a great investment in my time. So I love it. Plus I'm like an entrepreneur at heart and I, I just love this kind of stuff. So, and you guys are doing something really interesting, which maybe just kind of talk about the tool you've built and how people are using Airbase. Yeah. So 30,000 foot summary is, is uh, this, right? If you think about how businesses spend money, uh, you can put, in, put them in two buckets, right? You have payroll, you know, and, and non-payroll, right? And it's uh, uh, simple that way, but all the payroll dollars, typically it tends to live in, in a system. And you know, it, it, your early stage customers, for example, might be using Gusto. That's a popular tool yep. these days. And all the non-payroll dollars tends to live in a particular system, but then, Sorry, yeah, all the payroll dollars tend to live in a particular system like Augusto, but then all your non-payroll dollars, that's where it's complex, right? And, and there are so many different places where a business spends money. It could be marketing and travel and food or software subscriptions and a hundred other things that companies tend to spend money on. Where that money is spent and the process by which it is spent, it is a fragmented mess of systems. Right? Yeah. All of the companies, especially at the earlier stages, as you start growing, you want some basic collaboration. You want people to ask before they spend, right? So some basic request approval process. How does that happen? It happens on a Slack conversation. It happens via email. It happens in a hallway conversation. And, you know, and it is way too early for a lot of these companies to have like rigid PO-based systems and yep, yep. Pool and things like that. So the whole process of collaborating around the decision to spend money is all over the place, right? And there's no audit trail. And given that everything is a recurring expense these days, sometimes you're looking at a credit card statement three years down the line going, why are we paying this vendor $1,000 a month for the last three years? Like, no idea. Like, how did that decision happen? No idea. And so that's a whole broken process. But then when it's 
time to actually spend the money. You know, you have a corporate card system where you're spending money. Some money is being spent in the bill payment system because people are sending you invoices and you have to make kind of uh, payments to them. Employees are spending money on your personal cards. You, you, you have an expense reimbursement system. And so you're putting together all of these different systems. Before you know it, you have five or six different systems involved in that basic process of how you spend money as a business. Yeah. That's just broken, right? That's a death by thousand cuts uh, process. And, and this was also you know, super interesting to me when I you know, was building my previous company. You know, we had a very good, smart uh, finance team, but it almost seemed like in the first week of every month, they became glorified data entry people, right? Like yeah. all they're doing is pulling data from different systems and Excel sheets and annotating it and manually entering it in the general ledger and they're chasing people for how do I categorize this? There's, it's just a very broken process of how data ends up from all of these fragmented siloed systems and ultimately goes into your uh, general ledger. And what's even more frustrating as kind of the person who was building the business, who wanted to make decisions around how you're spending money, who wanted to have my uh, functional leaders make smart decisions, you can't, right? Because in the middle of the month, if you're ever asking the question, hey, what's my budget and, and can I make this decision to go commit and spend this money? You don't have that information. Like yeah. Where you're spending money is all living in four different places. And yeah. so you have to wait till the end of the month. All the data has to come into the general ledger. Your financial statements have to come out of that. After that, you do your budget versus actuals analysis. And then you get a report card saying, hey, last month, three weeks ago, you went over budget. I'm like, what do you do now? <laughs> you're right. It was just fascinating to me that 2021, like that is how the majority of businesses operate, right? Like you yeah. just don't have the real time control, real time visibility, you know, to see what money is going out the door so that you can make these smarter decisions. And, and you know, that was fascinating to me. Of course, we could spend a long time talking about hey, why did that ecosystem even evolve that way, right? So why is yeah. it that corporate cards are a separate category of product and bill payments is a separate category and expense reimbursements is a whole other category? Why did that happen? And you know, there are good reasons, infrastructure and, and, and those yeah. kinds of things, but it doesn't have to be that way. It definitely didn't happen because that was the right experience for people, right? And for the end users and you know, the users in the company, the finance and accounting folks in companies, it, it, it is a terrible experience for them. Uh, but then of course, you know, if you really start thinking about it from first principles and then ask the question, okay, if you just did it the right way, uh, without these artificial constraints that led to the fragmented mess that we're in, how would you build it? Like, what would yeah. that platform look like? And, yeah. and uh, anyway, that's that's what uh, Airbase does. We essentially bring together all of these different elements of how you spend money in an in a end-to-end cohesive yep. uh, experience, right? You've consolidated like all the different spends, it sounds like outside of payroll and yep. make it easy for the entire company to have some visibility and have approvals and things like that, which is really cool. You're right. Cause people are on a credit card system and they might have like a bill pay system and maybe they're sending some wires out of their bank and maybe they're doing expense reimbursements too. Like there's kind of four areas plus payroll that five areas that people are, are spending time and money on. So it, it's a pretty cool concept. Like I, I, I know we've started seeing you guys take market share, which is one of the reasons why I want to do the podcast, but it feels like, the world is starting to come around to your vision, right? Does it feel like that way? Like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, hey, yeah. it, we're, it's moving. It's moving in the right direction. No, it is. It is. And, you know, the world has been in this place a little bit over the last two or three years where I think almost a billion dollars has been invested in corporate card companies, right? Like, like yeah. You know, which is fine. Look, the, the good news is that this market is so huge. Like literally every business spends money. 
right? Yeah. And, and you know, there is an opportunity for every kind of company, and then there are different companies coming at the new opportunity. There's a resurgence of innovation, uh, you know, targeted at finance and accounting teams, which is great. That, that is good. I think for finance and accounting teams, they get much better tools now than they did a few years ago. But it's also a large enough market. There are opportunities for various approaches. You can go build. Uh, just given the sheer size of the market, you know, multiple opportunities could yield uh, yeah. really valuable businesses, right? But uh, a lot of attention has been on the corporate car, right? Like that's been the new hot thing and, and huge amounts of money have been raised behind that, which is all fine. But my approach, my thesis from very early on has been that just offering a corporate card, that's kind of a you know race to the bottom because yeah. uh, everybody is now offering a corporate card because the infrastructure to be able to offer a card-based product Stripe has an issuing platform, Marketa has an issuing platform, yeah. Marketa has an issuing, issuing platform, and everybody is now like, I have a card, use my card, use my card, use my card. Everybody's kind of use my card, right? And so and so we never positioned ourselves as a corporate card company, right? And so we never made noise as, hey, we're a better corporate card, come use us. And our long-term strategy is also not, yeah, we do have a corporate card product, and but we have partnerships in the works that, we, you know, we're going to integrate more deeply with other card oh, and so, but we have always focused on the software layer of things, like deeply understanding the problem of how money gets spent inside of businesses. How yep. does the collaboration happen around the decision to spend money? How you pay the vendor? How the accounting operations happen? How does it all get synced to the GL? Like we're really focused on going deep on that front, right? So our position has always been, look, you got to build the software workflows and bring it all together in a single platform. And that's what customers will actually value and pay for, right? And so yeah. that's the other thing I think, you know, we'll see where the market uh, goes, but my prediction has always been maybe that's a, you know, if you look at dollars invested, it's certainly a contrarian view, but we have always charged for our software, right? So we have said that, look, we will go deep and then we think there is value in the software platform that we provide and we're going to charge for it. Uh, but the majority of the, money that's been invested in this space in the last few years has gone into companies that give away the product for free and make money off the interchange and things yeah. like that. Yeah, interchange is like the big subsidy business model thing, which I'm, I'm always wondering when that's going to collapse and when people are going to start competing on interchange dollars too, but I don't know. I was going to talk about like your target segment because we work with, we start with a lot of seed stage and then series A companies and we go with them for a while to like series C usually. We still have some really big clients. But like, where's the entry point for Airbase now and where you see that in the future? Yeah, look, so far we've been really focused on that uh, mid-market segment. Say the 50 to 1,000 employees is how I think about mid-market, right? And, and that's what we've been focused on. We have some you know, fantastic uh, customers that we have in that segment, you know, and that's what we've traditionally focused on. But yeah. you know, for at least the last six to eight months, we've started... Uh, our efforts to maybe catch those customers who will ultimately become mid-market customers as early in the life cycle as possible. Ah. And so we have started to do uh, more of that, invest more of that. And a small example of that is when you're working purely with a mid-market company, uh, you're not onboarding as many customers. You're not going and saying, I'm going to get a thousand, uh, 10 employee companies. And so your yeah. onboarding process has to be fully automated and buttoned down and, and that kind of stuff. You know, we didn't have to care about those sorts of things. So we did like very heavy touch. We still do very heavy touch onboarding. We help customers. We get on calls with them. We make them very happy. We set things up for them and, and those kinds of things. Right? But obviously, as we go further, 
into the lower end of the market and we want to get these customers as early as possible you can't always do that at scale and so they've been investing in those areas to automate stuff and and things like that that's probably a good way for you to figure out the kinks in the system and get a lot of feedback quickly and also yeah. the mid-market companies aren't messing around like those are those are like 100 person companies at least they can't tolerate something that's not working because they have real board meetings and real reporting and that right. kind of stuff right? exactly. it, it, it's real because you know we have public companies we have a bunch of companies with this pack craze uh you know who are about to go public <laughs> and you know and and so it's it, airbase is a very critical piece of infrastructure for them right because while we are the software uh, layer or where a lot of this orchestration of how spend happens in the business takes place we take care of payments too. The money is literally flowing through us, right? And so yeah. we are kind of doing large amounts of payment volume. We are, uh, uh, from that perspective, it is mission critical, right? So you cannot yeah. have uh, those shut down and, and you know, impact the business because for a lot of these businesses, you're paying huge amounts of money to Google ads or Facebook ads or things like that. And you know, if, if the system goes down for even a little bit, that's the revenue hit right there for them. And so you know, it, it's like a very, from a complexity and reliability perspective, you know, that's a, a challenge that we cannot not pay attention to. Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get back to the podcast, quick shout out to ChartHop. ChartHop is one of my favorite new SaaS tools on the market. And basically what ChartHop does is it puts your org chart in the cloud. And I always like to say, like, it brings transparency to your organization. And so, you know, everyone in your organization can see who they report to. They can see the full org chart of the company and how their group relates to, to other groups. It also has a lot of information on the individuals of the company. And so you can click on the chart out profile and just get like where people live, their experience, you know, Slack handles, all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really great tool. The other thing is chart has started doing some cool stuff around compensation and budgeting planning. And so you can actually start seeing like what the cost structure of the company look like during certain kind of scenarios. So I'm loving ChartHop. Check it out, ChartHop.com. We use it at Cruise. Really like it, and I can't recommend it enough. All right, back to the podcast. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And just for the audience's benefit, one thing that's really cool about you guys is you guys integrate into. The, you talked about kind of getting things in the general ledger. That's I, I always think of like the solar system as a nice analogy for the accounting world, and like. The general ledgers like QuickBooks and NetSuite in our world are kind of like the sun and everything else kind of floats around that. So you, so for those who don't know, like Airbase integrates into those systems and makes it a lot easier for the accounting team. See, that that's the a huge part of the draw, which is the deep integrations that we have yeah. uh, you know, with the general ledger. Because you know, I was talking earlier about how, unfortunately, uh, accountants are forced to end up doing a bunch of low-value work and, and how... We want to kind of completely eliminate that, right? How do you automate away you know, the majority of spend-related accounting so that throughout the month, you know, as the money is being spent, in as many cases as possible, the accounting is taking care of itself, yeah. right? If you have a great end-to-end -end system of how requests are approved and then requests are placed, approved, you're setting up the right controls and payment methods in the system and as the vendors are being paid, if that is done correctly upfront, as and when the payments are going through, you can just record it exactly the way it should be in the jail without yeah. the, yeah. the uh, accountant having to do anything, right? And so that's a huge draw. And to do that well, you need these deep integrations into the general ledger. 
and we have put in a huge amount of effort on that kind of stuff right and 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 that is where of course accounting as a profession is all about the details but especially when it comes to integrating with general ledgers and how you make those entries and how you book those entries and all of those are all about the details and i guess one of the things that our customers really like and appreciate about us is the kind of the depth to which we go uh, when we build these integrations and the reliability and, and the in investment we make in, in that, right? And, you know, a simple example is that one of the things that we do, which our NetSuite users absolutely love is, you know, there's a native amortization module in, in NetSuite, right? In pretty much every other system, and this is also the user experience and atten attention to detail kind of thing, what you have to do when you are prepaying for something is you have to then sync it into NetSuite. Remember to go into NetSuite. You have to set up the amortization schedule over there. And if there's a whole bunch of prepayments happening, if you forget to do it, okay, that's a mistake. You have to go fix that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some other time. And so we've actually, you know, something we did was figure out a way to build that deep integration so that we actually surface your amortization templates and start date and date, all of that. So when you're processing a transaction within Airbase, you just tell us that correctly. You hit sync with NetSuite. We go set everything up correctly over there in NetSuite. And there are like a hundred details like that where you got to go and, and you know focus on the details to make that a really good experience. It's not just about, hey, just, just use my platform to spend money and I just dump some journal entries uh, into your GL and you go deal with the mess. You know, we have learned that and the larger a company gets, the more uh, accounting teams really care about the details, right? Because if we don't get the details right, that's a whole bunch of extra work for them when they're trying to close the books to clean up the mess that they're making in the GN. I love it. You're right though, also on the point of like, we, we kind of joke internally that like, a one error out of 999 things, you know, 0.1% error rate, it's the clients still notice that and they're like, Hey, what, what's the matter? Why, you know, and it's like, well, gosh, we got 999 things, right. Yep. And there's one thing that's in the wrong category or the amortization schedule is slightly, you know, so we strive for that hundred percent, but it's like, it's a very demanding field. I think one of the cool things I liked about Airbase was just your marketing uh, program where it's all focused on like uh, controllers and VP of finances and CFOs. I mean, in San Francisco, you have a really cool ad campaign going where it's like, make your controller smile, use Airbase, which I, which I really love. Yeah. And because everything we do is about that thing, right? Which is about making our customers happy, which is the controllers and the accountants. Yeah. And the yeah. team. Maybe because we've focused on, on slightly larger companies or mid-market companies, you know, that's who we sell to. Those are our champions. That's who we kind of go in and, and talk to Airbase about and, and they are our champions. And so we are focused on them primarily. I can understand why if you are focused on much smaller companies, you don't have a finance team inside the company. So you are focused on selling to the founders and focused on yep. selling to the CEOs. And that's also part of the reason why a lot of the products focused at being sold to founders and CEOs are a lot more simplistic, right? So they're yep. like... A, he has a corporate card just and and there's a little bit more of a consumer mindset in the decision making yep, yep. what you end up uh, picking for the platform it's more of a hey what are the points i'm getting what are the cashback i'm getting it's more of the decision that you make when you get a personal uh, card for things like that right but but the people who do the work day in and day out as a controller as an accountant they care about you know, many other things in addition to you know, what is my cashback or rewards or whatever it is. They care about the holistic problem. It's a oh, totally. It's a business problem that they're solving. And, yeah. and streamlining that end-to-end -end is, is far more valuable. And 
that's the message that we go to go to uh, customers with. It will be an interesting evolution for us as we focus on the smaller customers uh, to figure out how do we convince the CEOs and the founders and the people who will make the decision to adopt Airbase uh, at the earlier stages. Like, how do you convince them that look, getting the right system in place from the get go is going to be so important as you scale. Ripping things up out, out and putting whole systems in and all that as you're scaling is super painful. And if you're going to avoid it, you should try avoiding it. And you know, our, our goal is to kind of be that one system that you use to spend money from founding to IPO essentially, right? And so that's kind of uh, what we've delivered. And of course, part of the way in which we want to solve that problem is by relying on folks like you and, and having the expert recommend to the founders that, hey, trust me, like <laughs> the, the, this is the system that your uh, full-time finance team who you will inevitably hire at some point will, will love to use, right? Yeah. And, well, you guys have some really, I really encourage the audience to check out your website because you guys have some amazing customer testimonial videos. I think there's a Gusto one there where it's Gusto internally is using you guys. And I, I love that video. Like it was, it's the control. I forget who it is. It's like a controller Gusto. And we're, we're one of Gusto's biggest channel partners in the country. And so like that caught my attention because I was like, oh, Gusto is using this to close their books. You know, Airbase is doing something right, which then led me down to, you know, having this conversation, but also talking to your sales teams. I know we're working more closely together as, as we go here, but folks should check out, like, it's great to hear it from you. But it's also great to hear it from some of your customers in the evangelist, like the Gusto person who's a controller. Because he's, he's talking about how fast they can close their books and things like that. And for a finance person, like a lot of times you're measured on how fast you can close their books, how accurate you are, how quickly you can get the reporting out to the executive team and the board. And then you're also the other kind of really nice thing about Airbase is just like this approval flow and being able to like make sure that people aren't spending money they shouldn't be spending, which I, which maybe talk about that a little bit, just kind of how it works for like the end users. Yeah. So from an end user perspective, look, the motivations and goals of the finance and accounting team aren't always exactly your motivations and goals, right? You just want to spend the money, get going, don't get in my way. I have, I have something to do, right? And you're working towards that. And so you have to kind of make sure that as the system that the finance and accounting teams are trying to use to get those controls in place, you're not getting in the way of the rest of the team and you don't want to end up in a place where the team hates the solution that you put in place. Yeah. And that's what we have heard over and over again from our customers or the primary buyers of Airbase, uh, which are the finance and accounting teams that, you know, and that's thankfully what we've heard they appreciate is we pay attention to that experience also, right? For example, when you're placing a request, how do you make that as in and out, right? As quickly as possible without having to ask you to fill up a form with, you know, 20 fields in it. And how yeah. do you make it 20 seconds? Can I just tell you what, uh, you know, I want to buy and also surfacing information like who has to approve this thing? Like, how do you put it right front and center so that if it's blocked on somebody, I could actually maybe ping them, you know, and, and ask for a clarification. You don't want a system that just disappears into the ether and like, yeah. I put this request in two weeks ago, like what the hell is happening? And, you know, you don't want to give people that experience. And also you turn around time to approvals. Like how do you make sure that that is as easy as possible? And so we kind of, we send out email notifications where there's an approved deny button right there in email, or there's a Slack notification, yep. account, there's a mobile app, like there are all of these different places where it should be hard for an approver to miss the fact that somebody is asking to spend money. And that is the other, 
I saw this firsthand, right? It almost seemed like my finance team spent half their time chasing the managers in the company saying, please log into bill.com and approve. Please log into bill.com and approve. And you know, there's all these queues that get built up and such a waste of time, right? And, and so yeah. you have to kind of help not just the end users get a much better experience, but everybody's just trying to do their job, right? And it is partly a failing of the tools and then the tool chain that companies get to use. And, and you know, that user focus, and then focus on uh, fantastic user experiences, I think, and just make the experience so much better for everyone. Yeah. Right? Well, you've done really, really well. We're excited about Airbase. Again, you guys, we're seeing you guys, kind of interesting thing about us, we can see all the systems that everyone's using. So we know people are using Airbase. So that's why I want to have the conversation. So maybe you could just, you know, tell everyone how they can find the company, how to get involved, how to engage if they're interested in getting a demo, you know, talking to a salesperson or just how to get going on Airbase. No, that's great. Thank you. And you can learn all about us on airbase.com. Uh, that's our website. Lots of buttons all over the website to make it easy for people to uh, reach out if they're interested in, in learning more. And and uh, so we have a strict SLAs internally on how quickly we get back to people. We pride ourselves on that. So please test us on that. Uh, if you want to connect with me directly, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me, Fejo Kote, and I'd love to connect with you. And uh, Scott, thank you for uh, having me. My pleasure. You built something super cool and I'm excited to see where you go and uh, looking forward to working with you even closer over the years. No, looking forward to it. And, and uh, thank you for uh, taking the time again. Good to connect with you after all these years. And thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to cruise from founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Scotty.